0: Wretched Radio begins in 3, 2, 1.
1: Somehow God is in me and there's a sense in which I am like God and man all at once. Many religions claim that we will all eventually be gods. The Bible says something so much better. It says, no, God will continue to be God. Man will continue to be man, but God will come upon man. No way! It's time for Wretched Radio with Tom Frio. Law jokes are not funny. This is Wretched Radio. No doubt you've heard lots of comedy about in-laws, the mother-in-law, the dumb father-in-law, the overbearing Karen, yuck, yuck, yuck. But it's not funny if your relationship with your in-laws isn't healthy. We have a lot of jokes, but we don't see much help in this relational dynamic of marriage. Do you have in-laws? Well, you do if you're married. Do you know how to do the in-law dance? If you don't, you are going to dig this like a nobody's business. And if you perhaps are married, but your kids aren't, to the level, to the age of getting married themselves, you're going to need this really bad because the transition from childhood to adulthood is a tricky one for mom and dad. And then after the kids spend their teenage years trying to distance themselves from you, then they say adios. And then they say I do to somebody else. And everything is changed and it is hard and sometimes the adults the parents they misbehave in the relationship and frequently so do the kids so this is for all of us courtesy of wayne mack quiz question for you does the bible address the subject of in-laws jimmy you're going to get this wrong too <laughs> how many stories in the bible or verses do we have about how to interact and relate to the in-laws i i don't know See, that's I, I, I didn't i was like what bible doesn't talk about in-laws and relationships yeah i think it actually does. it does in the book of genesis we find that isaac and rebecca had some problems with the wives of esau The Bible says they brought much grief to their hearts. Maybe that describes you, mom and dad. (laughs) Your child's spouse is bringing you much grief. The Bible understands. It has a word to say. The Bible tells us of the in-law problem that Jacob had with Laban. Remember how sour that ended? That was father-in-law, son-in-law. Hold on, there's more. The book of Judges reveals Samson had problems with his in-laws, that's Judges 15, 1 through 8. David had in-law problems. If you recall, his father-in-law wanted to kill him and spent years hunting him to off his son-in-law. So when we see that many stories in the Bible of the struggles between in-laws we shouldn't be surprised that we see that struggle today. And you shouldn't be surprised if you're having that struggle in your life. The problem is we just haven't been talking about it. We haven't prepared anybody for it. You have got somebody who is born and does what they are told for years. Parenting is a piece of cake in that regard. When they start to get a mind of their own, they start to have different opinions, and it's hard to accept that. I write about this, by the way, in Reset for Parents. It's a chapter about not clinging too closely and not letting to go Lee. whatever it was called. Basically, you got to increasingly let the kids go, make their decisions, because they don't belong to you. They're not yours they're a gift and that thought will help you it won't completely fix all of the challenges and the dynamics and the emotional struggles of losing a child seeing them get married leaving you not doing everything you say but it's going to help you don't own them god has given them to you and then and this is a hard word if you've got kids then your children, when they get old enough, they actually enter into a deeper relationship than the relationship they have with you. Now, first of all, that shouldn't bother you because it's biblical. Second of all, you're in that married relationship, so you got your own. The Bible describes marriage as being profoundly deeper than even the parent-child relationship. You don't see Bible verses about till death do us part with parent and child. You do see it with marriage. You see leaving, you see cleaving, and you see marriage elevated as the primary institution. And we see that, by the way, in Ephesians chapter 5 through 6. Paul starts to address human relationships. Where does he start? Husband, wife. Then he goes to parent children. Then he gets to work, work, you know, where you go to, get your paycheck and that order is repeated in the book of colossians it's also p- repeated in the list of qualifications for elders spouse 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 that's the primary relationship mom and dad that might help you let go of your kids they're leaving your relationship to go into the one that's the biggie marriage Now, does that mean you're not going to cry about it? Didn't say that, but it does help us to realize um, these kids don't belong to us. And marriage is the institution that should come first. Now, having said all of that, there are other indicators that the marriage relationship that your child enters into is tighter than the one that you have. Marriage is a one flesh relationship. Two become one. You don't hear that talk about parent and child. We love our kids to pieces. We all do. But the relationship that your child is going to enter into with another human being that doesn't share the same bloodline is actually more profound than your relationship currently with your kid that should help us realize okay i need to defer to that relationship i need to stop intruding into their situation because hey that's the biggie they're doing like the the this is this is the big act the big play that we're in it's called marriage uh i'm 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 not gonna heckle i'm not gonna jeer i'm not gonna kick the director out of his chair and tell him how to run the show i demure as a parent that sure is easy to say isn't it? And so now Wayne Mack, in his very helpful book titled In-Laws, Married with Parents, this is a resource for biblically working through it. He divides his, his approach to talking to the kids and then talking to the parents. Sorry for calling you kids, but that's just the way we think. You, as a child who is getting married, you, you need to be thinking of some things. And so Wayne Mack, and these sometimes are actually hard for the parents to listen to. He tells the kids some things that cause us to go, I don't really like that. But it does help us to do parenting right until we say, son, she's all yours or vice versa. So let's make our way through Wayne Mack's helpful book titled In-Laws Married with Parents. He describes and defines what it means to leave father and mother. There's another indicator marriage is the primary relationship. You leave You leave it. You mean you leave it. It's tricky because we don't leave behind honoring our parents, but we, we do leave them. And Wayne Mack, who's counseled hundreds of couples throughout the years, uh, confessed in this book that he meets all kinds of people who fail to leave father and mother and they should. First, leaving father and mother does not mean that adult children stop honoring their parents. There's no time qualification for this. Proverbs 23:22 warns, "Listen to your father, don't despise your mother when she's old." Jesus rebuked the Pharisees about their treatment of parents. If anyone doesn't provide for his relatives, said Paul to Timothy, and especially for his immediate family, he's denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. So you're going to leave them, but you don't stop honoring them. Number two, leaving father and mother does not simply mean moving out of the parent's house. It means leaving behind your parents' way of doing things, unless they're good and biblical, but if they're optional, you can change them. Your reliance on them, your need for them all the time, that needs to be left behind and it needs to be aimed at your spouse. Leaving doesn't mean that you dishonor, it doesn't mean that you become nasty, doesn't mean you never call, but it does mean that there are certain aspects of the parent child relationship that have to be put off after marriage. Here's your put off, put on concept. You put this off, you put that on. At the same time, other things must be put on in terms of the parent-child relationship after marriage. May I ask you a question? Did you work through this before your kids got married? Did you work through this with your parents before you got married? Did you at all try to orchestrate the dance so that fewer toes get stepped on? I suspect not. I don't know many people who do this sort of marriage counseling. We tend to just leave out the dynamic of in-laws, and we shouldn't, because the Bible is clear. It can cause problems, and both parties need to be doing it correctly. How exactly do you do that? You have the child getting married. What do you put off? Exactly. What do you put on? Mom and dad, your turn after the kids. What do you need to put off and put on so that your in-law dance is like a ball ballet? It just doesn't hurt your tootsies. This is Wretched Radio. Good news, there are actually thousands of pastors in Germany. The bad news is they're not very equipped. Theological training in Germany and in Europe is so needed because you don't really
2: get any formal training, not in a church or anywhere else. Being at a TMAI training center, probably the first time that you ever get any formal training how to understand scripture, the
1: church, and how to apply it in your own life. Germany is not the only nation that has a drought of qualified pastors, but the Master Master's Academy International is changing that one country at a time, currently in 17 nations, with many seminaries, with graduates from the Master Seminary, training indigenous men to rightly divide the word of truth. Would you please consider adopting your own seminary in one of 17 nations? Please visit wretched.org slash pastor, wretched.org slash pastor, wretched.org slash pastor.
2: I know you didn't think we could do it, but hey, we did, and we've overdelivered on Road Trip to Truth season two. It's here now, and it's on sale at roadtriptotruth.org or wretched.org/slash road trip. Don't miss out on all new topics and new experts, with of course the same great host, John Frobarez. Road Trip to Truth season two and all of our resources are made possible by the support of our gospel partners. If you're a gospel partner already, we want to say thank you. Your generous gifts have made possible for wretched road trip to truth wretched worldview our drive-by series or our new upcoming television series transform to be created and reach millions of people all over the world thank you so much to our gospel partners if you're not already a gospel partner would you prayerfully consider becoming one just visit wretched.org donate to find out how you can support our goal in reaching the world with the gospel wretched amazing
1: grace amazing gospel Hey, Tomorrow Club supporter. This message from Paul Marty, the director of the Tomorrow Clubs, is just for you.
2: You know, it's been more than 25 years now since my wife Sandy first, brought leaders and kids
1: together for the
2: very first Tomorrow Club.
1: Hundreds of thousands of lives have been touched we're grateful for all the ways you help kids in forsaken places learn to follow Jesus. Thank you for your support of the Tomorrow Club's $30 a month Disciples 30 Kids in Eastern Europe and now in Africa, where Tomorrow Clubs anticipates they could be opening up 100 new clubs in a year would you please consider becoming a tomorrow club supporter kids clubs that meet in forsaken places they get loved on they hear the gospel they memorize bible verses and they're getting saved to support your own tomorrow club please visit tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched
0: books of the bible 1 Samuel tells the story of God's interaction with Israel through the prophet Samuel. When Israel asked for an earthly king, God gave them Saul, who, like Israel, drifted from God's law. So God commanded Samuel to anoint a new king, David, who was a man after God's heart. God does not look on the outward appearance, but on the heart this is wretched radio with todd friel
1: let's do the in-law dance this is wretched radio wayne mack writing a book in-laws married with parents teaches the kids that are getting married you got to put off and put on the parents of the children need to put off put on otherwise you're gonna clod your way through it there will be disharmony there will be more fights in everybody's home More heartache and disappointment. Ain't nobody happy when you got in-law problems. So let's make our way through what the young people, the whippersnappers, the kids getting married need to put off and put on, courtesy of Wayne Mack. Children must leave behind an inordinate dependency on their parents when they get married. you got to leave them and not depend on them and think, well, I'll just call mom and dad all day every day to get advice. Mm Mm-mm. Children must put off the natural imitative or reactionary relationship that they have with their parents. In other words, they should not automatically do things the same way that their parents did just because that's the way they're used to seeing their mothers and fathers do it. And if you're a mom and dad, you're like, come on, that's how we taught them. I know that's how you do it. And if it doesn't have a Bible verse attached to it, in other words, it's not a command. It's just a preference. You've got to let the kids do home and marriage their way. Why? Because they've got a dance partner and they've come from a family background, too. And if they don't both put these behind, they're going to clash. Tell me you didn't get into... Oh, the... Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is just still humiliating to this day. I remember when we first got married. My wife's biggest problem... Ho, <laughs> The way she folded bath towels, I mean, honestly, clearly she didn't know what she was doing. She went corner to corner. That's not the way to do it. You fold it in a third, then you fold it in the other third, and then you roll it up, and then you put it on the shelf with the round part facing out. So when you grab it, it's like you're at a hotel. That's how you fold towels. I had not put behind the way towels were folded in my family, and it caused grief. (sighs) <sighs> Boy, wish I'd read this booklet. Children must put off an inordinate reliance on their parents' approval. You can't be making decisions with your mate wanting mom and dad to be happy with you. Now, you should seek their wisdom. They're, that is certain. But it, it, you just don't live for their approval. Wayne Mack says, a number of women say things like, if his mother wants him to do something, he goes right over and does it. But if I need something done, forget about it. Uh-oh. Perhaps that man has not left behind and is living too much for his mother's approval and not for his spouse's approval. Children must put off close and exclusive confidence with parents. In other words, their parents should not be the primary ones with whom they share all their secrets anymore. That's with your spouse. There are men who who have this problem, but this aspect of leaving parents seems to be a bit more problematic for the You put off a close and exclusive confidence with parents. Further, children must be willing to give up their traditions regarding family structure and function if scripture does not command these traditions. Um, We always put the stockings above the fireplace. What are you doing hanging them on the wall? Okay. That's your tradition. Rock on. But don't impose it on your kids, and kids need to be willing to leave it behind because you have got somebody else to consider. Be willing to give up traditions regarding family structures and function if Scripture does not command them. If it does, of course, then we're all submissive to that. Children must put off the tendency to play the blame game. As long as people, this is a little tricky, but as long as people play the blame game, my parents, they did this, they didn't do enough of that, I wasn't encouraged, they didn't let me go to, they didn't provide enough, we were poor. They're not leaving them as God intended, but remain attached. Harboring bitterness or resentment toward parents ties a person to your parents, and you're cutting those strings while still honoring them. When people stop blaming and condemning, they leave behind all the bitterness and resentment they've carried with them from their childhood. Now, the next question, of course, is how do you put things on? Because you never just take things off. Stop doing this. You need to start doing other things. Replace the bad with the good. Put off, put on. Children must put on a pure or friendship relationship with their parents. Oh. This one's hard for a lot of reasons. They've been your child for 18, 20, 22 years, or the average age kids are getting married these days, 39. Suddenly, we're supposed to be friends. It is hard for both parties because the kids can abuse it. Get real casual with mom and dad. Not honor them very much. And parents, on the other hand, can resist it and reject it because it's like, you just do what you're told. I'm not. I'm not gonna. You're 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 not like one of my peers, and that's another one of the challenges. You've got a generation gap. Don't overlook this. The things that you're interested in at 40 and 50 are not the same interests of a 25 year old, and you've got to make that adjustment. If you don't, you're going to struggle. Children must put on a peer or friendship relationship with their kids. The relationship of dependency that people had with their parents as children must be replaced with peer relationships. Wayne gets into how to do that. You'll have to get the booklet in-laws. Children must accept responsibility for making their own decisions. After marriage, it is proper for the kids to seek the counsel of their parents. Now, however, the mothers and fathers should be regarded and respected as advisors and resources of wisdom rather than authority figures. Hey, how much do I hate that? A lot, because that's been my role. And apparently I liked it because I'm not real fond of giving it up, but give it up we must, and so must the kids. Children must put on the willingness to honestly and respectfully discuss their family backgrounds with their mates without becoming defensive. This is super helpful. In the back of this book on in-laws, Wayne Mack encourages this. This is, this is, this is I want to dive into all of these, but I'll just give you a taste of, 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 of what he provides for us here. Discuss together your family of origin. Discuss these items and evaluate the similarities and differences that have, have affected you personally and how they could affect your marriage. This is so helpful. Because we bring all that stuff. This is how you fold towels, dear. Okay, now that I know, oh, that's how you folded your towels. I can think that through. I can figure it out and not be agitated because my wife doesn't fold bed towels the way my mommy did. Oh, man. Family occupations. Blue collar versus white collar. Both parents work or just one works. Makes a difference when you're going to be making decisions about kids. We'll dive into that list another time. But for now, that's something that the children must be doing. Look at your family of origin. Further, you must put on the determination to make their mate, rather than their parents or anyone else, the most significant human being in their lives. A lot of people struggle with that. Further, children must be prepared to give their mates parents the same respect and honor they give their own parents. Well, there's one for you. So my son-in-law is called upon to honor me and Mrs. Friel the same way he honors his mom and dad. Seriously, have you heard any of this stuff before? Have you ever, I mean, how is it that we could have been so blind to the need for this sort of counsel? Here's some practical guidelines for leaving. Kids must not allow their parents to demean their mate. If a mother accuses her son-in-law of something, wife comes to his defense. Second, we should always look for ways to commend and build up our mate to our parents. Rather than running back to your parents to complain about what he did or what she doesn't do, uh, how's about you say a good word about your parents? Otherwise, your parents are not going to be very fond of your spouse if all they hear are complaints about them. They're going to think that their little dumpling married poorly. Oh, they're oh, she's he's the problem. Third, we should always make an effort to be sure that our mate feels included in family discussions and activities. Sometimes, without even realizing it, mates are treated as outsiders when family get together. Don't let that happen to your spouse. Remember, we're addressing the kids here. We haven't gotten to the adult, the sorry, the parents yet. <laughs> See. Just so you know, if you heard that and went, oh, he's calling us a kid, give us some grace. Just give us some grace. That's you're our kids. And that's just the way we see it. You're if the Lord lets me live long enough, my kids are gonna be 50, and they're still gonna be my kids. My kids. But you must make sure that you defend your spouse you promote your spouse you speak a good word about your spouse and make sure that they're included in discussions, so that the family table doesn't turn into stories of yesteryear where they feel totally left out Fourth, it is important for husbands and wives to choose a course of action together when problems arise with a parent ah oh, come up with the battle plan before you engage in the war it's so helpful These are different ways of preparing to leave your mother and father and how you must really leave your mother and father. I hope you will do these things, but we haven't addressed parents and what we must do as our children leave and cleave to their new spouse. We'll do that next on Wretched Radio.
2: This is Wretched Radio, and I'm Jimmy Hicks. Last year, police arrested members of the pro-life ministry Love Life. The incident in question happened in Greensboro, North Carolina, just outside of a baby murder facility where Love Life members were praying and conducting sidewalk counseling. Such a dangerous thing. Got to break that up. But police say they did violate COVID restrictions though they were outside. The Alliance Defending Freedom sued the county and the city on behalf of the ministry, and now Guilford County has agreed to pay $15,000 in attorney fees as a part of a settlement reached with the ministry. The lawsuit against the city of Greensboro, however, is still active. I mean, obviously, did they not know that during a worldwide pandemic, it was apparently necessary and essential for people to be able to electively kill their babies, but it wasn't essential for Christians to pray with or counsel confused and scared women. How did they not know that? Late last month in northern India, a Hindu extremist mob attacked two pastors burning one of their Bibles as he blacked out from the beating. The mob accused the pastors of, Paying families to convert to Christianity. Both of the pastors suffered internal injuries, but thankfully they were able to be treated and released from the hospital. One of the pastors told a reporter that the beating did not cause as much pain as did the burning of their Bible. And as we tell you daily here at Wretched, please make sure that you are praying for all of our persecuted brothers and sisters abroad. What you just heard? Children kindergarten children at that. At a school in Washington, D.C., these children were being forced to march and chant Black Lives Matter while carrying protest signs. This was not a public school, but rather a $40,000 per year private school. Oh, and that's not all. Among the recommended reading for kindergartners in this particular school, Heather has two mommies. Hmm, Brings a whole new meaning to the saying, you get what you pay for. A Christian group, Liberty Council Action, is sounding the warning that presently upwards of 55 federal departments have made nearly 60 rule changes that allow them to track which federal employees or applicants have sought religious exemptions from vaccine mandates. Liberty Council calls it a serious concern, and I agree, that's indeed what it is. Maybe even more than that. You've heard us discuss transhumanism before here on Wretched, and Look, I openly admit not knowing a great deal about the subject, but what I do know is that it's something that's starting to take a big foothold in culture. Honestly, that's not good. Listen to this.
0: So I am a British Columbia wolf therianthrope. I had a dream of myself um, as a British Columbia wolf, and I could view myself in some of these dreams, you know, acting as a wolf.
2: Wow. Wow. Not only is this a wolf, but a talking wolf. Amazing! More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Revelation.
0: How can anyone know God unless he reveals himself? If God did not speak, religion would be nothing more than man's best guess. But God has revealed himself in creation in the Bible, and in the person of Jesus Christ. We can know God, and we can be brought into right standing with Him.
1: This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Now that we're done with the whippersnappers, this is Wretched Radio. Where was this book? when we were getting married and doing the in-law dance. Wayne Mack writing in-laws married with parents. The Bible reveals there's oodles of relationship in scripture that are tumultuous between parents-in-law and the kids-in-law. Wah-in-law, fast forward to today, we still have these struggles. This book will help you navigate them because dynamics get super funky. They change radically and they move into places that initially you're uncomfortable. I didn't feel this way before. I used to really enjoy that with my kids. I have a picture on my phone. When my phone pops up, it is a picture of me, you know, my my favorite image. And it's from 20 some years ago in the kitchen of our house with Emily on my lap and my arms are just like i'm just i'm i'm like i'm like a cobra just i've got her wrapped in there and she's got her she's got her little head tipped to the side like she's being held by dad <laughs> what is that? but it changes all of a sudden they become teenagers then they get married and we need to adjust from Wayne Mac here are some helps for you mom and dad First, parents must make sure the primary human relationship in their lives is with their spouse. Before your kids get married and after. Remember, leaving and cleaving. The most important relationship that we have outside of with Jesus Christ is with our spouse. Not our kids. Not the grandkids. Their spouse. If you're not cultivating that, it's going to be a lot harder when the kiddos leave. Second, as parents raise their children, they should prepare themselves for the time when they will leave them. You better because it's going to be weird and it's going to be a challenge and you're going to feel a lot of stuff. You're going to feel loss. It's going to feel like a death. It's going to feel like one of your arms was cut off. Think those things through before they hit you like a tidal wave. Third, parents must prepare and train their children for leaving, giving them more and more responsibility as they become teenagers. You gotta let them make decisions now. If it is a decision that they make that is immoral, you don't let them make it. But if it can be made without you, you should let them. I said that really fast, but you should chew on that long and hard. When your kids are old enough to make decisions, let them make as many as they can. If it's a mom or dad decision, they don't make it. But if it's a Wayne Mack tells a great story. This this will help you parent your teenagers. Teenager comes into the house. Hey, Dad, I want to get, I want to get a, I think he wanted like a, 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 a th- you know, the thing that the kids ride on. The the motor scooter thingy that's whatever. That all the, all the other kids had it. And he wanted Dad to give him the stamp of approval. And instead, Wayne said, tell you what, why don't you write down all of the ways this decision will either glorify God or not glorify God? And then show me your list. A few days later, the son appears. Dad, I'm not going to, I don't want to get that thing. The kid made the decision. Dad didn't have to go, what are you nuts? You know how dangerous those things are? You know, we're not made out of money. Just because the kids down the street get them. You falling for peer pressure? Why don't you write down if this decision glorifies God or not? What are you doing? You're helping them be independent. It'll help them. And guess what? It will help you. And it was a dirt bike by the way i found it on page 25. mom and dad get ready for your kids to leave fourthly always keeping in mind that their children have been loaned to them from god you don't own them you're borrowing them from the lord fifth as parents raise their children they must be careful to give them the right to respectfully disagree without being hurt or angry with them and without punishing them now we're not talking about sin issues we're talking about preference issues Your kid, increasingly, as they mature, can say, you know, Dad, I don't think so. What do you mean you don't think so? I've been an adult longer than you've been alive. They can disagree because they're going to, when they get married, they're going to disagree a lot and do things very differently. Sixth, parents should help their children leave by accepting their child's mate as an equal to their own child. It's not my daughter and my son-in-law. No, no, no. They're, they're, they're in this relationship because they're one flesh. Don't forget, it, it affects you too, that one flesh relationship. Don't see them as the preferred and... <clears throat> seventh, parents ought to seek to develop a proper peer relationship with their adult children. Ooh. This is, this is hard, Mom and Dad. I'm telling you, swallow this pill. Because you're going <laughs> to, you're either going to swallow it with a big glass of water or somebody is going to forcefully open up your mouth, take a blow gun and just poof, the big pill down the back of your throat. Parents should influence their child, adult children primarily by example and when necessary and biblically appropriate through gentle, humble and well-timed verbal counsel and advice. Lead by example. When it's really necessary, then you gently and winsomely offer counsel and advice. Parents should make it easy and desirable for their adult children to receive their perspectives on the issues that they are facing. Before seeking to instruct or correct children, and we're talking about adult children, parents should seriously pray that God would prepare them to receive and give counsel in a truly biblical manner Before they instruct, they should consider how to answer rather than just blurt out whatever comes to mind. (sighs) That's one of my gifts. They should make sure that their counsel is in keeping with Ephesians 4 and admonishes us to speak only that which is good according to the need of the moment for the purpose of edification, ministering grace, to help our adult children. That is how we are supposed to engage with them. Guiding, wisely, lovingly, thoughtfully, sparingly. And then you let them live their lives unless you think they're in danger. As parents attempt to influence their adult children, they must use soft speech rather than hard, irritable words. They must appeal and persuade rather than demand and push. And by the way, there's a tendency for moms and dads to not do this when the in-law kid is there, but when that one's out of the picture you can revert to being kind of, what are you doing? I, I just do not understand why you would move there. Why Why would you, what are you thinking? That's not the way we're supposed to be talking to our adult children. Parents must determine whether the issue they are addressing is actually a sinful pattern and not one of those things that scriptures says should be overlooked. Eighth, how you doing, mom and dad? <laughs> Parents should be careful not to do anything such as criticize or nag that would weaken their children's marriage relationship. Instead, they ought to look for every opportunity to praise and encourage their child's spouse. And you'll find a joy in doing that. I, I, I have to confess to you, I actually do that a lot. Not because I'm so magnanimous, but I, I've got a great son-in-law. I'm happy to do it. It's, it's really good to do it. You know what? It makes me feel better that my daughter is living with him. That, that, ah, he's a good guy. Say it. Speak it. Encourage. Parents should have the same respect for their children's privacy as they do for anyone else they know. In other words, mom and dad, how do you treat your peer relationships Regarding privacy, that's how you should treat your kids. Now, with that being said, let's close our discussion about in-laws with an encouragement from Wayne Mack in his book, In-Laws Married with Parents. Kids, this is the letter you need to write to your mom and dad. It begins with, dear mom and dad, I want to thank you for your love and devotion to me as, as a kid growing up, and then list all of the wonderful things. Tell them you're grateful then tell them at this time, a very important time in each of our lives, our relationship will change, not deteriorate, but change. Scripture asserts that for the cause of marriage, shall a man leave his father and mother? Well, that time has arrived in my life. So as a Christian, I will always honor you, appreciate you, respect you, pray for you, commend you, and seek to help you. But still God says I must leave. And in obedience to the God I love, I will do that. (sighs) Oh, How helpful is that? If you're young and you're getting married and you just feel like they still treat me like kids, you have got so much power to help and bless your parents and change the dynamic of your relationship. God says that next to my relationship to him, or perhaps I should say part of my relationship to him, my relationship with my spouse must become the priority relationship. I'm sure you'll agree. So from this time, we become one flesh. We want to have the relationship God intends and to be everything God wants us to be. I ask you to regard my spouse as a part of the family in the same way as you regard me. After all, we become one flesh. You have given me wisdom from God, and from time to time I will be returning to you for counsel. And when we do, we will take your counsel seriously. But under God, we will think, search the scriptures, pray, and determine God's will for ourselves." We want, we need your continued love and assistance, but God has called us to establish a new family for Christ, developing our own unique lifestyle within the framework of the scripture. We wanna be your friends as well as your children. Please understand what I'm saying. I want to do what God wants us to do. And I still want our relationship to be loving and wonderful. And it captures the whole dynamic, doesn't it? I wonder if maybe you have a letter you need to write. This is Wretched Radio. Permit me to introduce you to Brie and Salvation Domino's Preborn style. When one person gets saved, they have that burning desire to just make him known the same way that was made known to them. And then it's just this domino effect. Brie currently volunteers at a preborn life center. How did she get saved? From a friend whose mother got saved at, you guessed it, a preborn life center. Why? Because preborn, it is indeed about saving babies' lives via $28 ultrasounds, but it is also sharing the gospel so that moms and dads get saved. And look at the domino effect. Would you please consider supporting pre-born centers with as many free ultrasounds as you can? $28 for an ultrasound, 80% of the time saves a life. Learn more at preborn.org slash wretched. I want
2: to share with you voicemails we receive nearly daily here at Wretched. I can't believe
1: how many times a day I catch myself saying Todd Creel on Wretched Radio says, I have been transformed by your program. We
2: are grateful to hear the testimonies of our listeners and our viewers, and we want you to also hear the lives that are being impacted by you, our gospel partners. These testimonies aren't about Todd. They're not about Wretched Radio or TV. We wouldn't be able to do the things that we do at Wretched without the support of our gospel partners. So would you prayerfully consider becoming a gospel partner today if you aren't already? Help us to reach the lost all over the world with the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, because ultimately the glory is all his. It's not Wretched's, it's not even yours, but it is your efforts that help make our efforts possible. And all of those efforts are to the praise and glory of God alone. Get complete details right now at wretched.org slash donate.
1: So there you are on your Googler machine trying to find a restaurant. What do you look for? Ratings and reviews. If it gets lots of stars, positive reviews, chances are pretty good you're gonna go there. Question, would you be inclined to go to a restaurant that had a 98% approval rating and rave reviews? I suspect you would. MetaShare, affordable biblical health sharing, has a 98% approval rating. 400,000 members strong, sharing one another's health care bills, saving billions of dollars over the years, saving families on average $500 a month. And 98% of the members of MediShare give it a hearty thumbs up. I encourage you to call them and see if MediShare is right for you and your family. 1-844-34-BIBLE. 1-844-34-BIBLE for MediShare.
0: Hermeneutics A vital part of biblical hermeneutics is an understanding of genre. One genre we find in Scripture is an epistle. Epistles are letters written to the church at large or to a specific church which contain doctrine, theological arguments, and practical application. God uses first-century correspondence to deliver His timeless truth. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel.
1: Well, let's just see if someone was paying attention. This is Wretched Radio. Jimmy. Talking about relationships with the kids as they grow older, particularly when they leave the house, they get married, and the dynamic and how life changes because you're the in-laws now. And the dynamic can be a disaster if you don't work it through. You just heard from this booklet, the child writing a letter to mom and dad, basically using all the instruction in Wayne Mack's book to say, hey, love you, appreciate you, respect you, honor you, that'll never change, so grateful for you. But now I'm at this stage in life, and I obey God, and this is his intention, and this is how it's gonna look. We're, We're gonna keep loving you, we're gonna come to you for wisdom, we'll always speak well of you, But we won't necessarily do everything that you tell us to do because we're now the one flesh primary relationship in each other's lives, and we will do this together. Please, this isn't a degrading of our relationship. It's just a changing, and we want to be friends with you. That is not an easy assignment to start treating your child like a peer. Now, the dynamic is always going to be slightly off compared to your actual peers by age. But it should become different. Here's a question for you. Do you ever go to your kids for counsel? They know stuff. That's that's changing the dynamic. Rather than just downloading information, you seek to get information from them. The letter concludes with, please know, even though this is changing both of our lives, we're still I'm still your child and I still love you, but I'm now in a relationship that supersedes that. I know you're glad that we're trying to obey the Lord. That's a, that's a, that is just what a what a letter to write to parents, not loaded with, I'm gonna sneak this in. Hey, I love you a bunch. I'm not gonna take your, do your stuffing recipe for christmas but i'm still gonna honor you you don't use the letter to like load and make sure that you kind of settle some issues that are annoying to you but you do set the table now jimmy here's something that wayne mack didn't do in his book okay he didn't write a letter from parents to children Mm. how would you write that letter jimmy oh my goodness
2: how would i write a letter from Myself to my children
1: mm-hmm. with all, everything that we've just heard from yeah. Wayne. What should we say to our kids in advance, whether it is orally, face to face, Zoom, or in a letter? What would you say to your kids? Hey, um, Dad, I'm 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 dating this Goyle, and we're <laughs> thinking about getting hitched. And the day oh. comes, he proposes. There's a there's suddenly an intruder. Into the Hicks home. <laughs> what could you write to them to to make this relationship wonderful? Go. Oh, that's a tough question, man. It really is. It it, it because oh man. Well, let's follow his pattern. Yeah, dear kid, <laughs> I love you. I've adored you. I, I I've I've poured so much into you, and I'm so glad to see that you are now following. God's commands to leave and to cleave. Well done. Thought it might be wise to consider some implications of this change in dynamic. This doesn't mean that I'll not continue to love you as a son or daughter. That'll never change. And you need to know I'm gonna struggle with that. You need to know that it's gonna be hard for me to heed my own advice to not butt in to not be overbearing, to not insist on my own way. You have my word, that's my goal. But I would ask you to forgive me when I fail because I suspect I'm going to. It's not done to annoy you, it's done out of love for you. As we move forward with this, I will welcome your spouse into this family because your spouse is going to be a part of this family because they're one flesh with you. And I'm gonna honor your spouse, i'm going to speak well of your spouse and i am going to seek to be a a friend to you as opposed to a domineering parent and i have to confess again it's not going to be easy for me i think i'm going to i think i'm going to fumble the ball on this one but i'm going to try and if you need to remind me hey dad you're you're not really respecting me and honoring our one flesh union here I'll do my best to receive that well because I want you to be living the way that God wants you to live and God doesn't want you to live with an overbearing parent. He wants you to live cleave live cleaving to your wife living your life together sometimes making mistakes. We'd love we'd love to help if we can. We'd love to share in the joyful moments. But in all of this as our dynamic changes, here's the one thing that won't change. Our love for you.
2: Okay, Jimmy, something like that. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's exactly
2: what I was going to say.
1: Well, I read the book. You just had to <laughs> listen in a cursory sort of way. Let me share with you one last thing from the In-Laws book by Wayne Mack. Uh, this is published by R&R, and P&R, P&R, uh, PRPbooks.com, PRPbooks.com. It's called In-Laws Married with Parents. I suspect they've got a lot of Wayne Max booklets there. This is like 50 pages long. I read it last night. It was just very easy to read. But this is is an assignment that I wouldn't just recommend for kids who are getting married. Maybe you could do this with your spouse. Because if things are still a little turbulent, not as smooth as they should be, having this conversation might be extremely helpful. It's called a family of origin study where you answer some questions about your upbringing, your parents, because they have infected, they have that's a bad choice, they've influenced your thinking, they have really built you to be much of what you are today. And that stuff doesn't go away quickly. And so recognizing that I hold on to those proclivities, this is the way we do it. No, 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 no. We don't live in an apartment. We've always lived in a house. Okay, you got a family of origin issue. No, 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 no. We, we go to church on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Not one. We go to both. What is that? It's a family of origin issue. So if you have that type of dynamic in your home, perhaps working through the family of origin study, talking about family occupations, what, what, was, what were your parents' status in the economic strata? How's about the quality of your parents' marriage? How's how's about thinking that through? Okay, what was my parents' marriage like? Huh, is that why I'm acting like this? And maybe because I see my spouse acting a different way in marriage? It's because, oh, that's how she was taught by her parents. And you can become more sympathetic. Family rules, clearly stated versus unstated. Many rules, no rules. Was there discipline? Was there spanking? It's... If you were spanked as a kid and your parents did it crummy, you're not going to want to spank your kid because you're going to think that's what spanking is. But maybe your spouse who grew up with a mom or dad who said, I I don't like doing this. This is not my favorite thing, but I'm called by God and because I love you to apply this rod for your correction and for your repentance and for your desire to run to the Lord for forgiveness. So I'm going to do this, but just know I'm not going to enjoy this. Now, he or she's going to bring that to the party. If you didn't know that before you got married, bum, 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 bum. Get rid of these things before you get married or today if you are married. Consider family beliefs, family customs, views about money. You grew up in a frugal home because, well, you didn't have a lot. She grew up in a home that was lavish and money was, we don't talk about such gauche things. You think that might come into play somewhere in your marriage? It's going to get it worked out, whether you're going to or you are married. Get it worked out. Views about sex. Views about responsibilities and roles of husband, father and wife and mother. (laughs) You don't work that one out. Woo! What do you mean you're going to keep going to work and we're putting the kid in daycare? Not over my dead body. Talk it through, and by the way, if if you're doing this before you get married, you might discover through this, you might discover we've got too many things that are insurmountable, we're too entrenched, we're not mature enough yet, we're not ready. Might help you in that regard. What about relationship with extended family, involvement in church activities, family's political views, views about work, recreation and vacations, family secrets, like dad has a temper, Mom's kind of emotional, know those things because you're gonna see those things in your spouse. Share those things transparently and willingly so that you can start to understand one another and then finally, ways of handling problems, disagreements, ways of communicating and ways of making decisions. Work through your family of origin study because when you become one flesh with your spouse, even though you leave mom and dad behind, you're gonna bring a lot of that with you and it's not necessarily wrong. But you need to know that your spouse also has a family of origin and they're going to be bringing their baggage with them. And if you can get it worked out in advance, you'll you will you'll be miles down the happiness road of marriage. And if you're married and things are like, eh, maybe do this study and perhaps some things will get revealed and worked out. And until tomorrow, go serve your king.